It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. Today is the day, James, Mock Draft Monday. We're going to do the What Would We Do version of the Mock Draft, two weeks away, two Mondays away from the NFL Draft. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Now, James is a little hoarse today, everyone. So if he's a little bit quieter than normal or he doesn't talk as much as normal, it's not because I'm bullying him, but we're going to get through this, right, James? Oh, yeah. No singing today, Jake, but we're going to get through it. And I'm excited because this is this might be my favorite one of the Mock Draft Mondays because it's the one we would do. You get your eight picks. I get my eight picks. It's going to be fun. I'm sure the listeners are reeling that there won't be any singing on today's show, James, but I'm excited for this too. A couple ground rules just so people are aware. We're not going to do any trades since James and I might diverge. So you might hear us talk about, you know, we would really try to trade back here. But for the purposes of this to to keep things on the same parallel track because of time constraints and everything, I think that we will not make any trades today. And we're going to start, James, with pick number five and... The one thing I want to talk about before we make this pick is in the, in this simulator, you know, four quarterbacks go whatever. Talking about real life, do you buy at all that Atlanta or Miami, you know, if Miami trades up to four, will be interested in picking Jamar Chase and taking that option away from the Bengals? And if you do buy that, which if you don't, you don't have to answer the second part. What do you think the Bengals do? Just fall back to the to the Sewell option for option two? I don't buy it, but yeah, that's what I think the Bengals would do. Is they would just say, okay, fine, we'll take Sewell. Thank you very much. But to me, it's either QB for Atlanta or Kyle Pitts. And I may be way off there, or, or trade back, obviously. But if they stay stand pat, I think it's those two. And that's part of the reason why I, I think everyone's so Sewell versus Chase, because there's a, a decent chance that Pitts goes fourth overall because of his fit in Atlanta's offense. I have seen a little bit of weird smoke that I don't really buy. I don't think it's necessarily from sources close to the Bengals that suggest that the Bengals are considering Pitts. I do think at this point their board is relatively set. I think they've gotten to that point over the last two weeks. They're making tweaks, but I imagine with Tyler Dragons reporting, for example, and we talked to Malik last week, that currently... They are, as Tyler Dragon reports, set on chase. And this is somewhere where, due to the way these mock draft simulators play out and due to the relative strength of offensive linemen on day two of the draft, James, you, me, and the Bengals agree that Jamar Chase at five makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. 
makes a ton of sense. Look, it could be Pitts, by the way, if he's available. It, the, the problem with that is they didn't address receiver. They didn't address guard, right? It, it, two huge glaring holes. And so uh, some are going to say, oh, well, Pitts is the best receiver in the draft. And I understand that argument. At the same time, they just have two huge needs. And to me, yeah, they may think Pitts is a freak, but they also think Chase is a freak. And that, that's who I would take considering where they're at at wide receiver. Uh, I, I think Chase is going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. Pitts is a freak, but are they willing to do everything necessary to, to make him the next Travis Kelsey or, or Darren Waller on steroids, which he could very well be, right? Um, the, if they're not, then you don't want to take him. And, and so that's why I, I'm taking Chase. Yeah, I think the argument for Pitts, which is not an argument either of us are really trying to make at this point, is that with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you put a guy like that at tight end that's going to be a matchup nightmare for literally everybody in the NFL. You you create more opportunities for your offense than another wide receiver might. Just because of those guys you mentioned, James. You look at the mismatched tight ends, George Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, Gronk in his prime, even Gronk a little bit last year after retiring and coming back, you know, these tight ends are hard for the NFL to deal with. And so that's where the argument for Pitts really comes from. I think he might be the rarest prospect at his position in this draft. And we had a really cool conversation with Dame Brugler that we will be airing probably on tomorrow's show after we talk about the jerseys. And we talked a lot about Chase and some of the drawbacks and how his strengths make up for them. You know, people might point to the arm length. It's something that I've talked about. It actually would be an outlier for the Bengals to draft Jamar Chase at five because of the arm length. They've never drafted a receiver with arms that short in the first round, but the rest of the tools just really seem to make up for it so much. The strength at the catch point, the vertical leaping ability, the generally very strong hands, the dynamic, I mean, elite athleticism testing, pro day or not, there's plenty that makes up for whatever shortcomings there might be. You know, people will talk about his separation ability or his, you know, seeking out contact. These are all things we get into with Dane tomorrow. So make sure you're here for our conversation with Dane Brugler that's coming up where we talk about some of these guys. But let's go on to pick number two, James. And here I think we are both probably looking at offensive line with Sam Cosby, unfortunately, drafted Alex Leatherwood, drafted Tevin Jenkins, drafted none of the offensive tackles that you would really love to get at 38 have fallen that far. But there are still some guys that I'm comfortable picking there. Now, this is a scenario where I think both of us would look at the trade back options and the few offers we got were, you know, move back a couple spots to pick up a free sixth rounder or fifth rounder kind of thing. And if you get that kind of offer, I think the Bengals certainly consider it. We also had an offer to move back, you know, closer to 15, 20 spots to pick up a third rounder. Again, something that I think you consider, but with how thin tackle is getting, for me, I'm staying put. And I think this is another one we agree on, James. Out of the remaining tackles, Liam Eichenberg, Dylan Raddins, Brady Christensen, Jalen Mayfield, Jackson Carmen. These are the guys that I think are considered to be that next tier the one I'm most comfortable with from a tape perspective, from a testing perspective, from how he did at the senior bowl, from a length perspective, you know, this is a guy I think has the length for the Bengals to play him at tackle in the NFL. 
is Dylan Raddins from North Dakota State. Tested well. No brainer, really. I mean, Eichenberg, I I would consider uh, because I I think Eichenberg, especially if you did trade down, is a guy you could take and feel good about. But to me, Raddins, you can play him at right guard right away and certainly move him to right tackle long term. And the other thing here that I want to mention just really quickly, like if Riley Reef plays well, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals re-sign him for a couple years. Like there's no thing that says he can only play one year at uh, at right tackle for the Bengals. So with that in mind, I think uh, taking a guy like Raddins who can learn from Reef is uh, is the pick here. And uh, it's weird. We agree with the first two picks. Something tells me over the next six picks, we're going to have some disagreements. Here are the other guys I was considering. And we're very, very close in the running. I just want to explain why I didn't pick them. Landon Dickerson from Alabama is still available. And for me, if I know that he has clean medicals and has been cleared by doctors and has nothing that suggests long-term injury risk, I'm absolutely taking Landon Dickerson here because I think that he's probably a top 20 pick if he's healthy. And so if you're confident in his medicals, you can very comfortably take him at 38. Other guys I would be considering here are some of the edge rushers that fell out of the first round. Uh, you know, Joe Tryon for some people is a first round guy. Greg Rousseau from Miami for some people. Greg, uh, Joseph Osai, sorry, for some people is a first round guy. And then just due to the, the shallow pool of interior defensive players, guys like Levi Onzarike and Davion Nixon are, are both interesting here as well. James, did any of those guys stand out to you as as temptations to go a different direction outside of just Eichenberg? Yeah, I think Rousseau, if he falls to 38, you're certainly looking at him in some of these edge rushers. And that's really the thing. If you don't take offensive line in round one, there is a little more pressure in round two. But the good news is, is I do think the board lines up here, Jake, where Radden's or one of these other offensive linemen, maybe it is Dickerson, we won't get the medicals, and that is a good point. They could be the top and at the top of the Bengals board when the the second round kicks off. We'll finish up day two and get into the top of day three coming up next. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced and are limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. When I looked at these, Marla Aaron's ring really stood out to me. It's simple, it's elegant, it's sleek. And that's the one that I would pick. You can check all of these out by searching 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, go check them out right now. Again, that's 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We've got hockey, we've got baseball, we've got NFL draft props, we've got NFL futures, and... Hey, maybe you agree with what we're doing in this episode of Mock Draft Monday and you are very confident the Bengals are going to take Jamar Chase at pick number five. The odds are shifting and Penny Sewell is looking like he has a floor of six maybe as the Sharps who set these odds are listening to the podcast and realize the Bengals are 
looking very, very hard at Jamar Chase for pick number five. They also cover awards, reality TV, if none of the sports I mentioned are your thing, and they've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Go over to the website right now to sign up. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you use promo code Locked on. That's a 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. James, it's time to finish up day two of our What Would We Do NFL mock draft. We're on the Draft Network's mock draft machine, and I think we're going to diverge at this point. There are tempting options all over the place, really. There's some edge rushers, and, and that's the direction I'm going to go, James, with Peyton Turner from Houston still available. Great athleticism. Has a little bit of refinement to do to his game, but the Bengals really do need to add to their edge rush at some point, and I just don't think you can do it on day four very well. And the way this draft has gone, some guys I really wanted, we just missed out on. Guys like Tommy Togiai, Quinn Miners, Milton Williams, Davion Nixon, all guys I would have considered here just recently got drafted late in the second round. Brady Christensen also goes in that range. So the options, somewhat limited, but I think there are guys that we're both pretty happy with here. And looking at the offensive line choices, if you're interested in double dipping there, Guys listed at offensive tackle or played offensive tackle in college that I think would be in consideration for this pick would be Jalen Mayfield and Jackson Carmen from Michigan and Clemson, respectively. And on the interior offensive line, Josh Myers from Ohio State is there, Trey Smith from Tennessee, and Ben Cleveland from Georgia, who's a guy that we've talked about a lot lately, also there for the interior offensive line. And if you're looking for the the sleeker athlete, the finesse player for the interior offensive line instead of the mauler in Ben Cleveland, a guy that's also there that I think is probably in the same range as Kendrick Green from Illinois. Yeah, there's a, a decent amount of interior alignment, and you mentioned double dipping. That's exactly what I'm going to do here because when guys like Basham and Togiai and Milton Williams, when they're off the board, then you pivot. And while it felt like we could address the the defensive line, at least I was going to uh, plan it that way. It didn't work out that way, at least on in my eyes. So I'll address the defensive line at some point. Lou Anarumo, relax. You've gotten plenty of toys in free agency the past couple of years. I'm going with Ben Cleveland, a mauler a guy I think is uh, is going to fare pretty damn well in the run game. And uh, again, bolstering the trenches in front of Joe Burrow, just because you take chase in round one, doesn't mean that isn't a, a priority number one. And that's what I'm going to do here after taking Raddins in round two. I'm going to take Ben Cleveland here. I wouldn't be mad at it at all. I wouldn't be mad at any of Ben Cleveland, Trey Smith, or Kendrick Green, I don't think, in the third round, at least based on what I am aware of right now. Maybe Kendrick Green, you know, you hope you trade back a little bit, but I think it's reasonable at, at the top of three based on his movement skills. I think there's a, a scheme fit argument for Kendrick Green. And I do wonder how the Bengals looking to run more of the wide zone stuff look at Ben Cleveland's movement ability. I mean, he's a very explosive guy. He ran a great 40 and and he's incredibly strong. He's massive. There was, I mean, everybody thought he was going to break the, the bench press record. He didn't end up doing it, but I, I do wonder how they see the fit for him with his lateral movement abilities. Not really sure. I, I really like the player though, so wouldn't fault that pick at all. I'm going to go... 
for for Peyton Turner here, James, I'm going to go a little bit different from you just because I think there's a massive fall off from him to the next guy. Although there are some guys on day three that if they're there, I am very interested in. But your hit rate at that point for the position really does fall off. But Cam Sample from Tulane is a guy that I've talked about really since the Senior Bowl, since I became aware of his existence. And so that's somebody I would be looking at potentially a little bit later on. But Peyton Turner, the guy out of Houston, is the one that I'm going to go with here. And James, let's start day three real quick. We're at the top of the fourth round. And James, you've drafted a tackle, a guard, a receiver. I've drafted a tackle, a receiver, an edge player, and not in that order. And we'll recap this in an order that actually makes sense at the end of the show. (laughs) But uh, we're on the clock here in the fourth round. What direction are you going? It's tough because you're certainly more balanced at this stage. I'm three offensive players, and damn it, Lou Anarumo, take a seat. We're going with a fourth straight offensive player. Uh, It's funny, before we started this, I said, man, if Walker Little's available, in round four, I'm taking him. And, well, damn it, I, I, I'm not doing it to stick to that because no one heard that besides you, Jake. But I like him here. You're talking about a six seven offensive tackle that uh, has the skill set you'd hope that, that could translate. And if he does stay healthy, then, you know, he could be a part of the, the solution here to keep Joe Burrow upright. And it's, heck, I went back and forth on this, as you know, for 10 minutes plus trying to figure out, all right, which way should I go? Should I go edge? Should I go um, interior defensive line? I was looking at all these different positions that would address a need now that I have Dylan Raddins and Ben Cleveland. But to me, Walker Little, round four, I still have four more picks. He, to me, is around the best player available. I think it's a reasonable pick. And again, if you've doubled and tripled down on defense, in the free in free agency over the past couple of years, I'm okay with making the first four picks of this draft on offense, and don't be shocked if there's more on the way. So after Chase Raddins in Cleveland, I'm going with Walker Little out of Stanford. Totally get it, man. If he's there in the fourth round, you can see him as a guy that's an incredibly high upside pick. I just don't know if he's there in the fourth round, but hey, we're doing a simulator. He's there in the fourth round this time, which means NFL teams have big questions and. You, as the Bengals in this case, are comfortable with the upside to take the pick with Frank Pollock there to develop him. I'm totally into that. I get it. I'm going to go back to the interior offensive line here because I haven't drafted a a guard yet. And while Dylan Raddins, I think, can play there, I would like him to play tackle for me in the future. I think you would too. You also went with an interior lineman. And since I've got the edge rusher and I don't love the value really on most defensive positions at this point, I'm looking for some of the athletic upside guys on the interior defensive line, maybe a little bit later in day three. I'm going to take Kendra Green from Illinois here. If he's there in the fourth round, I think it's great value. If he's gone, I'm probably looking at guys like Deontay Brown, who's in the Ben Cleveland mold of offensive guard, or Aaron Banks, who's a little bit less athletic than Kendrick Green, but I think has the pass rushing chops that Kendrick Green doesn't. Green is a hyper-athletic guard from Illinois, going to be great in the zone stuff, great at the second level, great mover, doesn't have the size of a guy like Aaron Banks, and doesn't have, like I said, he wasn't as good as a pass blocker in in college than Aaron Banks was at Notre Dame, and so uh, there's a little bit more development probably that needs to be done for Green, but at the top of the fourth round, I'm pretty comfortable taking a guy that may need a little bit of time and you know in the Michael Jordan mold 
I'm, I'm hoping, or maybe a, a lesson learned from Michael Jordan, I'm hoping that I don't have to put Green out there right away. I'm hoping that I can give him that time to develop with guys like Quentin Spain and Xavier Suafilo and Riley Reef and Dylan Raddins on the roster as well. So for me, it's Kendra Green. For you, it's Walker Little. And coming up next, we'll wrap things up and finish up day three. If you need an incredibly healthy, incredibly tasty snack, maybe it's a pre-workout, a post-workout, Built Bar is by far, it's got to be the best choice for you. Everyone that's tried them, that's talked to us and has listened to the show and has said, you know what, I went out and tried Built Bars, they all now are on the Built Bar bandwagon. They've got flavors from apple almond crisp to double chocolate, mint brownie, banana bread, and the underrated carrot cake, all covered in 100% real chocolate low sugar, high protein, high fiber, low calorie. They're going to fit what you're trying to do from a nutrition perspective, all the while tasting absolutely fantastic. They fit in a keto diet too. Right now we can get you 15% off your purchase at builtbar.com. Just use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move or maybe... You moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. James, it's time to wrap up the What Would We Do Mock Draft Monday episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We are in the fourth round, and both of us are looking at defensive linemen here. The way things have gone, we knew this would be a trench-heavy draft. We've both only taken one wide receiver to this point, which I guess I'm a little surprised by. I thought there might be some double-dipping at wide receiver, but the value in this simulator just hasn't been there. So here in the fourth round, I'm looking at edge again because I think that it's a better edge class. And at this point for the interior defenders, I think that they're mostly just athletic upside kind of guys and you're hoping somebody hits. So for me, I'm going to go with Ellerson Smith, tested like a great athlete, definitely a bit of a developmental guy coming from northern Iowa where the competition wasn't great, but he's long and I just like the skill set there. And at this point in the fifth round, we're kind of we're kind of taking swings, right? And and so I'm taking a bit of a lottery ticket in Ellerson Smith. Where are you going? Offense again, but no, I can't. I can't make it five straight picks. I'm sorry for team offense, but we're switching gears here. Bobby Brown the third is my pick. You're, you're talking about a guy that obviously played at AM, SEC, um, is a guy that you, you need. You, we need a defensive tackle. Uh, if, if I'm the Bengals, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at defensive end, and obviously I was looking at offensive line. So uh, I'm happy that he's still around. 
he's not even 21 yet. He turns 21 in August when I turn 30. So he's making me feel old there. Um, but yeah, he, he's certainly someone that could contribute hopefully in year one, but maybe long-term as you try to build up the trenches here, uh, with the Bengals. So I like him. And heck, I, I looked at NFL.com. Lance Erline had him as a round three type guy. So if he's still there, Bobby Brown, the second James Rapine is drafting you for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, there's just a lot of division on the interior defensive lineman, but he is a guy that tested great. He's one of those athleticism upside guys. And if he hits, then you're probably in pretty good shape. Had some productivity questions, I think, in college that he'll need to work through. But let's go on to the sixth round, James. I'm going to take a guy that we've never talked about on this podcast before. At least he's not a guy that I recall talking about on this podcast before. I don't even think he's in the mock draft machine here because when I looked up Larnell Coleman, they had him listed as a defensive tackle, and this is an offensive tackle prospect. Maybe it's just a typo. From the University of Massachusetts, has great size, is going to very much be a developmental player. And at this point in round six, you're looking at special teamers, you're looking at developmental guys, and there's great athleticism here, good size. Again, these are themes for the guys I'm taking on day three. I, I like the upside guys here at this point. And if Larnell Coleman works out, then you're probably pretty happy about that. But I mean, at this point, they're all lottery tickets. What about you, James? Wyatt Hubert, we're going to address defense with back-to-back -back picks here. The kid out of Kansas State, uh, unlike uh, Brown earlier, who you're right, tested great. Hubert's a guy who uh, production-wise is what pops. And whether it was uh, all-conference honors as a freshman or what he did um, as, as sophomore, junior, a ton of stats, just fills it up, was at the Senior Bowl. So a guy that the Bengals got a closer look at and is a captain. So at this stage, captains, will they add a captain? Well, we added a defensive end. That, that's a captain here in this is mock draft. So we'll uh, we'll see if he ends up producing, but he fits that, that type of mold that they're looking for. Yeah, the thing with Wyatt Hubert, the only drawback is that he's got those, those short arms, like crazy short arms. But the Bengals have been in contact with Hubert. And like you said, incredibly productive in college. If they can get some of that hustle, some of that, you know, grit, out of that position in Wyatt Hubert, then maybe they get something out of him, right? And so let's go to the second six-round pick. Both of us look for a wide receiver at this point, and I go with Amir Smith-Marset. I think people are probably sick about me, sick of me talking about him at this <laughs> point. Return guy from Iowa. I think that getting him into a system with a real quarterback could unlock a lot of upside in offensive play as well, as he was productive at Iowa before. They took a big step back at quarterback in 2020. So for me, Smith-Marset is a pick aimed at special teams. He's a return guy, and there is some offensive upside there. So for me, it's Smith-Marset, and I think you go with a guy in a similar mold. I do. Marquez Stevenson, a guy I've mentioned about 5,200 times on this podcast. And the Smith-Marset, if he's there, wouldn't knock it one damn bit, and I might go that route too, but I like Stevenson a, a lot, a lot, a lot. If you can get him here with that second, sixth round pick, you feel good about it because of his ability to contribute on special teams, because of his downfield capabilities and the, the development that he could make with a Joe Burrow in this offense uh, down the line. I just, it, it's a no brainer for me. I got to see him torch the Bearcats a couple of times. So the kid from the University of Houston, Marquez Stevenson, was an easy pick here. 
I'd be happy with either of those guys in the sixth round because I think both of them actually bring a unique skill set to the team and, and give you something that you didn't have before. Last pick of the draft, James, seventh rounder. I'm going Taquan Graham, Texas, interior defensive lineman, tested great, has 35-inch arms, a little bit of a tweener, you know, 292 pounds, about 6'3", above average production, not great production. So, I mean, at this point, looking at a three-tech in the seventh round, you, you know, you're not generally drafting starters in the seventh round, but... I'm betting on Graham's upside in that athleticism because that is a somewhat rare athletic profile. That's fair. And I'm going with another guy who I think uh, can be a developmental defensive end uh, or developmental defensive lineman, excuse me, in, in Taron Jackson. I like him. And uh, you get him at uh, in the seventh round out of Coastal Carolina. And who knows? Maybe he makes the team. Maybe he's a practice squad guy. It's a seventh round pick. It's tough. But he did have a lot of production, much like Hubert, a couple rounds ago. So, or, or last round, excuse me, a couple picks ago. So you bring him in, see what he does, see if he can potentially um, make the team, and uh, and you feel good about it. Hey, for those who are wondering, I drafted three defensive players in, in eight picks. So Lou Anarumo's got to be smiling a little bit. You've given Lou Anarumo the gift of three defensive players on day three of the draft. And hey, one of them, at least ought to hit and if you're good at your job it'll be multiple because some of these guys are probably not going to go as late as we've picked them because that's how mock draft simulators work but on Taron Jackson from Coastal Carolina really like the productivity he was fairly dominant as you would hope he would be at Coastal Carolina if he's going to go play in the NFL I think there are some size concerns there 6'2 254 a little bit undersized but perhaps he can add some weight the, the flexibility was a concern in the athletic testing, but again, incredible productivity. He was really good in true passing situations, according to PFF, which are throwing out, you know, screens and run pass options and, and those sorts of plays that aren't true pass rushing opportunities. So really productive in those areas, had a really high pass rush win rate. So again, you know, you're looking for some of that to translate and some of that to some of that production to come to the next level. A little bit of a divide on day three, James. You going for the, the production profiles, and I'm going for the athleticism profiles as we got later in the draft. Yeah, that's what we've, we finally had a little division after the first couple of picks. I was wondering about it. But uh, I think for the most part, even though we went different routes, like Smith-Marset, obviously that's a guy that I was on board with. You, you saw the, the vision with Brown, Hubert, et cetera. So uh, overall... I feel pretty good about what both of us did here. And if the Bengals can do either of these drafts, and part of it has to do with us being lockstep in the first two picks, Jamar Chase, fifth overall, Dylan Raddins in round two, and then you went with the edge and Peyton Turner. I took Ben Cleveland. Then you went back to offensive line with Kendrick Green in round four. I went with Walker Little, just double, triple down on offensive line. And then on day three of the draft, you started with, Ellerson Smith, the defensive end that I was considering. Instead, I went defensive tackle with my first pick on day three, Bobby Brown the third. Then you you stuck with offensive line or went back to offensive line. Larnell Coleman out of UMass. I went with Wyatt Hubert, the defensive end from Kansas State. Then we both went wide receiver with that second, sixth round pick. I had Marquez Stevenson out of Houston. You went Emir Smith-Marset out of Iowa. And then you finish things off with Taquan Graham, in round seven, I took Taron Jackson, 
overall, I think it's pretty clear. Focus on the the trenches. Focus on making Joe Burrow's life much easier. At the same time, get after opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, some things that we didn't do that I could see the Bengals doing, James, is like maybe there's a day three linebacker. Maybe there's a day three safety. Because we kind of stuck with with the needs a little bit on day three. And I could see the Bengals going to something where, you know, we feel like they're a little bit more stocked. A cornerback could certainly be picked. We've talked about the fact that we, you know, the athletic guys anyway, expect them to pick a running back at some point on day three. Neither of us took a running back. We looked a few times when, when we were looking at the board and we didn't, we, we did a lot of this when we weren't recording for, for time's sake, but, um, that we didn't really feel comfortable with the running back. So I would be looking for, you know, a, a priority free agent that can block uh, and really just focus on the pass blocking the third down profile. Can they, can they catch the ball? Can they pass block? Are they aware? Do they have the willingness and the technique to anchor? And so that's something that, that we didn't do that the Bengals could do, but certainly some strong themes for both of us, trenches, 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 and a couple of wide receivers. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Dame Brugler and uniforms to talk about. One thing to note before I let you guys go, April 19th through April 26th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey will be going. You can hear James Rapine break down the Bengals' fifth round pick. There's analysis from Michael Irvin, Jason Lockhamfora, and Brian Baldinger. So a lot of really good stuff going into this event. Check it out on the Odyssey app. It's going to be called The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. You can follow it wherever you get your podcasts and check out the Locked On NFL host mock draft. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.